Elijah Moore is gone. Mecole Hardman is a Jet. Is this a good thing for the Jets? Well, it depends. And I'll explain why on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets. Your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Wednesday, March 22nd, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. Thanking you for making the show your first listener, first watch every day. This podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you like what you see or hear, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast source and enjoy the show, please give it a five-star review. It helps the channel out and helps other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. So just giving this episode a big thumbs up if you are watching on YouTube. And today our episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, in the game. Well, yesterday, I asked whether Aaron Rodgers could help save Elijah Moore's career with the New York Jets. And today, we got a resounding answer to that question, and the answer is no, as the Jets worked out a trade with the Cleveland Browns, sending the former second-round pick Elijah Moore to Cleveland, along with the Jets' third-round pick. So the Jets send Elijah Moore and pick number 74 to Cleveland. In exchange, they get the Browns' second-round pick. So they get pick 42. So Elijah Moore and a third-round pick for a second-round pick. So essentially, the Jets move up one round by trading Elijah Moore to the Cleveland Browns. What does this mean for the franchise? Is this a good move? Is it not... You know, I could have gone either way on Elijah Moore. I think if you listen to yesterday's show, I wasn't really sure what the Jets were going to get out of him. You always like to believe in a young player. You like to buy into the good things, but there were also a lot of bad things. And this second season Elijah Moore had was, frankly, it was a disaster. I mean, he entered the season with such high, uh, sky-high expectations. The Jets, I think, were hoping that he'd become at least a 1,000-yard receiver. And not only did he not become a 1,000-yard receiver... He became a headache for them. You know, he demanded that trade after the game against the Packers before the Jets played the Broncos. He demanded the trade after a game the Jets won. It was one of their biggest wins in years. And yet he was out there creating negative headlines. And you know, a few days and it was a few days later. I mean, he started he started right after the game and it just continued through the week. I remember I said at the time, and this is back in October, that the Jets really could not they were not in the position to be able to trade Elijah Moore in October. But things might be very different in the offseason, because in October, the Jets really had no mechanism by which to replace him. Now in the offseason, you do. You know, In the offseason, there are a lot of players available. Especially when you get close to the trading deadline in season, it's tough to find a replacement if you have to get rid of a player or if somebody gets hurt. That's not the case now. And I think one of the things the Jets needed to decide was whether Elijah Moore was all in, or if he wasn't. And it seems like the Jets have decided that Elijah Moore was not all in, that they had to move on from him. And I can't help but think through the years, especially recent years, the Jets have had such a rough draft history, especially as of late. And I think about all the players they could have moved on from maybe a year early. Players who retained value, but because the Jets held on to them for so long, they essentially lost all their value. 
And in a way, I feel like maybe this is a good thing. You know, it's not a good thing. Like, it's a bad day for the franchise. I think whenever you're giving up on a second round pick after two years and taking negative value for him, because, you know, the Jets used a high second round pick on Elijah Moore. Now they're getting back. They're getting back a high second round pick, but they also have to send a, th- a third round pick out. And that's, of course, natural. I mean, you know, a failed second round pick is not going to retain his value after two years. He's got two years left of, of a cheap contract, and he's got a track record of not playing so well in the NFL. But, you know, if you look at this, I mean, it's a, it's not a good day for the Jets from that standpoint. I, I think there's no way that, there's no way you can look at this as anything other than a bad day for the Jets because they essentially have to move on from a high second round pick. A guy who had such sky high expectations. I mean, at the moment the Jets made that pick, there was like nothing but praise for it from people who followed the draft, people in the NFL. And you may remember, you know, that first training camp, Elijah Moore was a member of the New York Jets. I mean, all the talk was about how he was dominating training camp. And then he got injured and, you know, got off to a slow start, but you know, showed a few flashes. And by the end of that first year, there was hope that he could turn those flashes into something more consistent. However, as I said yesterday, you know, flashes are flashes. Good for a rookie is different from being a great player overall. Elijah Moore's 2021, it was good for a rookie while he was healthy. Of course, he missed the end of the season. But it doesn't, you know, if you don't translate that into year two, and if you don't make a big leap forward in year two, it's a red flag. And Elijah Moore did not just fail to take a leap forward. I thought he regressed in year two. He just was not a very good player for the Jets. He was he was wasn't the same guy, and you know maybe it was he came in, maybe he added too much bulk over the course of the off season. He did not look explosive, and we know that you know he was not engaged through the course of the season. I think one of the frustrating things is, as the team was winning games, he just the complaint. That's when the complaints happened. I mean, it's one thing when your locker room's falling apart when you're losing. I mean, the, I think there are moments where frustration seeps over, and maybe people are not themselves. But when you're winning games and you're complaining because you're you're not getting enough the ball enough, you know that's a, that's something that's troubling. And not only is that troubling, it's when you're a guy like Elijah Moore who's really not proven himself in the NFL. You know, it's not like this is a guy with a track record of multiple Pro Bowls, multiple All, all Pro teams. It's just, it's I think it left a bad note. I think I think everybody went away feeling really negative about Elijah Moore from that moment. And the Jets decide to move on. And I think, you know, if you look at the trade package they got, it's a reasonable package. You know, if you look at the old uh, trade value chart, which if you're a longtime listener, you know, I'm not a big fan of the trade value chart. I think it does. I don't think it does a great job of accurately quantifying how much draft picks are worth, but it's what teams tend to go by. So if you look at what the Jets gave up versus what they got, the difference is about a third round pick. So essentially, I guess you get, I guess by the, way the NFL values picks. Again, not the way I think they should value it. Not necessarily an accurate gauge of how valuable these picks really are, but by the way the NFL values it, it seems like the Jets got a third round pick in return, which, you know, obviously is lower than what they what they gave for uh what what they used to take Elijah Moore because they took it they used an early second round pick to draft Elijah Moore back in twenty twenty one. But they at least did get they did recoup a third round pick. So this is a case, very much a case of cutting your losses for the Jets. You know, not a, you know, obviously not a good day. And, you know, you can't help but think back to the after the 2021 draft, which was only 23 months ago. I mean, it was less than two calendar years ago. How many of us thought that, you know, the Jets had found their quarterback to receiver connection of the future in Zach Wilson to Elijah Moore? And at that point, we thought Mekhi Becton was going to be the left tackle blocking for Zach Wilson over the course of a, uh, over the course of the next decade. 
And now none of these guys are really part of the mix for the Jets going forward. It shows you that, and I guess it's another sign that this Joe Douglas era, you know, not going as well as we thought it would, not going as well as we hoped it would. And this is, you know, it's, I, I don't think there's any other way to put it. This is a failure for the Jets. The fact that we're now two, after two years, I mean, it would, if you had told somebody 12 months ago, if you told somebody a year ago, let's forget about two years ago. If you told somebody one year ago, the Jets would be trading Elijah Moore and a day two pick just to move up on day two of the draft. Nobody would believe you. I mean, you would have been called the, the most negative person in the world. Yet here we are. So, you know, I think it's from on one sense, it's good that the Jets, you know, they cut their losses. They decided to move on. They did not keep more on, on theoretical potential until he lost all value. But in a bigger sense, it's obviously a disappointing day because it's a reminder that the Jets, you know, failed with another second round pick. And unfortunately for the Jets, second round has been kind of a tortured spot for this franchise, you know, with a few exceptions like Brees Hall last year. Now, had you on the Lockdown Jets podcast, the Jets were not done at wide receiver. They actually made a move. They brought in a receiver from the Kansas City Chiefs, not a guy who necessarily made a big difference for the Chiefs, but a guy who could step into the lineup. Is bringing in Mecole Hardman a good move? Well, I think it depends a little bit on what role they have envisioned for him, and I'll explain what I mean as we continue on this Wednesday episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Of course, we're talking NFL offseasons today. Today We're talking Elijah Moore. We're talking Mecole Hardman. There are no NFL games until, until September. But the tournament is heating up now, and that makes it the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. So that's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Wednesday. You know, we did not get to do our mailbag show today because the Jets made some news. We'll try and get our mailbag show done tomorrow. So still have time to send in your mailbag questions for this week. But of course, the Jets have traded Elijah Moore and a third round pick to the Cleveland Browns for a second round pick. There was a corresponding move. And you have to think that on some level, these moves were related because right before the Jets traded Elijah Moore to the Cleveland Browns, news broke that the Jets had agreed to terms with Kansas City Chiefs receiver Mecole Hardman on a contract worth approximately $6.5 million, or at least if he hits incentives, that's how much he could make. Now, Hardman's kind of an interesting story. There was buzz back in 2019 that, the, that there were elements of the Jets' front office who really liked Hardman when he was a wide receiver coming out of Georgia. And there was there was even some buzz that there were some members who wanted to trade up for him. He ended up going to the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, this was a guy very fast, you know, 4-3 type speed, and... The thought at the time was that Kansas City viewed him as kind of the next Tyreek Hill, and he never quite made it. You know, he he's not. I mean, he, look, he belongs in the NFL. This is not a guy who should be out of the NFL after four years, but this is not a guy who really ever delivered on the promise, on the hype that he got coming out of school. In fact, he's never even had a 700 yard season in four years in the NFL, and this is a guy who 
has spent his entire career with the Kansas City Chiefs. His entire career, Patrick Mahomes has been his quarterback. Andy Reid has been his head coach. And this is a guy who's yet to have 700. And I understand, you know, you could say he played with Hill in the first couple of years. Travis Kelsey, well, you know, he still wasn't, you know, now he missed some time in 2022. Still wasn't that much more productive. Now, one thing he does bring to the table is, he, you know, he's a returner. In his first year, he was actually second-team All-Pro. He made the Pro Bowl as a return man, so maybe he brings that element to the Jets a little bit. And I guess that brings me to my point. Is this a good move for the Jets? Well, I think it kind of depends on what the role is. Now, I have to admit, when the Jets first, when the this move was first announced, it was a few minutes before they announced the trade, trade of Elijah Moore. I was very excited about the Hardman signing because, for one big main reason, is that Hardman, if he was brought in as the number four receiver, that meant the Jets were not going to go after Randall Cobb. And I for, I do not want Randall Cobb on this team. It's nothing against, I actually really liked Randall Cobb back in his Green Bay days early in his career. There were there were moments where I was really hoping the Jets would, there were a couple of times Cobb was a free agent that I wanted the Jets to get him. At this point, his career's over. It, it's over. He, the Jets, the only reason you're bringing in Randall Cobb is because he's Aaron Rodgers' friend. So, when the Jets got Hardman at first, it was before they traded Elijah Moore. I thought, okay, number four receiver, guy who has you know kind of a similar skill set to what Cobb used to be. There's no room for Cobb anymore. I love this move. Great move. Now we don't, we have a young guy who is who's actually fast, who actually can do the things Cobb used to be able to do. Great move. Then Elijah Moore gets traded, and the picture becomes a little bit less clear because, again, Hartman's a guy who's never not even 700 yards with Mahomes. And you're telling me he's going to come to the Jets? And the, the Jets are going to be the, the team after Kansas City couldn't figure out how to make this guy work? The Jets are going to be the team that unlocks this guy and turns him into a star, turns him into a quality receiver? It's tough to believe. However, you know, if he's a depth receiver, if he's your number four receiver and backup, you know, you need him to step into a lot, step into the lineup, you know, a few games. You need him to play some special teams. You can get the get him the ball in space. Well, I like this move a lot then, because then essentially he becomes not the replacement for Elijah Moore, but the replacement for Braxton Barrios. And I think any way you slice it, he's a better player than Barrios. And he adds a different element. You know, he's a guy who has been, you know, like he did he did make the all and I know Barrios made the all pro team and as a kick returner in twenty twenty one, but I never really got the the feeling that what Barrios did was sustainable because Barrios was a guy who never really I never thought he read his blocks particularly well. And he even saw this this year when the Jets tried to get him the ball in space. You know, he's not a guy who really reads the blocks. He essentially just goes as fast as he can straight forward. And if the blocks happen to be there, then you know he can make some noise. But other than that, you know, if the blocks aren't there, he's not going to be able to read it or change directions to the extent you need. Whereas I think Hardman can do that a little bit better. And, you know, although, again, no 700-yard season, some some num- some years where he put up okay-ish numbers, some years where he put up decent numbers. Uh, is this deal outlandish? No, I don't think it is. You know, six again, around if everything goes right, he gets $6.5 million. I don't think that that's a particularly outlandish deal, especially for a team that, you know, is again, if you're getting Aaron Rodgers, I say this every day, and I'll keep saying it because it's true, if you get Aaron Rodgers, you're going all in. So... You want to make sure you have good, decent receiver depth. And as number four guys, your first guy, kind of like your utility guy, your fourth receiver, ideally you want him to be able to you know, play a little inside, play a little outside. I mean, I think Hardman, you know, he's a little, I don't, I think he can do both at an okay level. And I think that you know, his element, he's, he brings an element of speed. He, he can be a deep threat. He's an inconsistent deep threat, but he can bring that to the table. So 
I, I think like for a number four receiver, this is kind of what you want. It's not what I want though from a, like a top three because top three receiver starter a starter essentially going to play full time except for when you go to two tight end sets. So I, for for me, the question is: Is Hardman the replacement for Elijah Moore, or is he the replacement for Braxton Berrios? If he's the replacement for Braxton Berrios, I think that you could argue this is this could be an excellent signing for the Jets. He's the replacement for Elijah Moore, then I think, you know, you're kind of going cheap at receiver, and I'm not sure that's what you want to do as you're acquiring Aaron Rodgers. So what else can we figure out about this Jets receiver situation? We're going to talk about that a little bit more. We'll explore one of, one of the options the Jets could have to replace Moore. That's as we continue this Wednesday episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. This episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You know, I keep playing... GM of the Jets on this show, I tell you what I think the Jets should do. You have, you probably have your own thoughts. Well, this is your opportunity to show what you can do running a football team. Because when you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory, trying to build a historic dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating salaries and terms, navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, injuries, player personnel issues, and all the ups and downs of a season. And this is all in a challenging and realistic game world because Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. You can play on the go as you want to and when you want to. And Locked On Jets listeners get a free 100% boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, in the game store. Again, that's Locked On in all caps, so make sure to check it out today. And to download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Again, that's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Wednesday. We're talking about wide receiver for the New York Jets, an eventful Wednesday as the team trades Elijah Moore to Cleveland for a second-round pick. Now, the Jets did send a third-round pick with Moore, so it's not a straight deal where the Jets get a second-round pick. They had to give something up. They essentially traded a pick in Elijah Moore for a higher pick. And the Jets also bring in Mecole Hardman uh, on a free agent contract. So what's left to do at wide receiver for the Jets? Well, the discussion has now turned toward Odell Beckham Jr., a guy who I've talked about a number of times on this show in recent weeks. And, you know, I go back and forth on Beckham because there are a lot of reasons to not want him right now, um, including, I mean, he hasn't played in over a year. He has not played since, not not the Super Bowl we just saw, but the last year's Super Bowl. So he has not really played since February of 2022 when he was with the Rams. And he was having a really big game against the Cleveland, uh, I'm sorry, against the Cincinnati Bengals in a game the uh, Rams eventually won, but he suffered a serious knee injury missed the entire 2022 season. But, you know, I look at the options out there, and, I, I mean, unless Arizona is going to trade DeAndre Hopkins to the Jets, which, you know, I mean, who knows? Maybe there's there's all sorts of rumors about that, and, you know, I would, I would be intrigued by that. But unless that's going to happen, I'm not sure I see where the big-time receiver is, out, is available out there. And, you know, Beckham is the type of guy I normally would be against because he's older, you know, he's got some history, you know, being kind of a difficult locker room guy. Normally, and normally the Jets, you know, especially under Joe Douglas, they've been focused on a steadier build. But with Rodgers, you're kind of like, I'm still assuming the Jets are eventually going to figure this thing out to trade for Rodgers. But once you got Aaron Rodgers, at you know, as he approaches 40, he's 39 now, he'll be 40 during the season. You're essentially trying to microwave a contender. And you're trying to, you're essentially trying to build a contender from overnight. 
And that means that, you know, you don't have the luxury of waiting around. And the last time we saw Beckham on a field, he was pretty decent. I mean, he, he's not the guy he was with the Giants in the early days of his career, but he was a guy who was helping the Rams. And I think, you know, when, when you have one of these older type teams, these gambles are a little bit easier to take because you have, you'll have probably have more stability in the locker room. Um, you'll, and plus, I mean, again, the Jets now, essentially, once you get Rogers, you have a one, maybe two year window to make this happen. So you essentially have to go all out. Hopkins to me would be, I would kind of prefer Hopkins if he's available in part because, you know, I mean, not that Hopkins has been the model of uh, health in recent years, but I just think, you know, he's, I, th- I feel like he's probably playing at a higher level than Beckham, but I think the Jets, again, I don't think you can go go into the 2023 season with Garrett Wilson as your number one and then have Lazard and uh, Alan Lazard and Mecole Hardman as your other two starters because you're one, you're one injury away from courting disaster if that's the case because Lazard is not a guy you should be, who should be a go-to guy. Hardman's not really a guy who should be counted on as a you know, either a go-to guy or a second option. you got to add more. And I think, you know, the, the, the buzz is that the Jets are in on Beckham. They're, I've seen at least one report that the Jets are really going after Beckham hard, and we know that because he was on the list Aaron Rodgers gave the Jets, list of players Aaron Rodgers wants. And apparently Rodgers and Beckham are close, so we'll keep our eyes on Odell Beckham. And I guess, like, that goes back to what I was saying in the last segment. You know, it, it was the signing of Michael Hardman a good one? Well, I think it's a very good one if he's the number four receiver. I think it's less good if he's the number three receiver because the difference between number three and number four is the difference between being a starter and a depth player. If you get Beckham, then Hardman gets uh, gets bumped to the number four spot. He plays special teams. He you know you work him. You figure out ways to work him the ball in space. You try and utilize his speed that way. You get him the ball on handoffs, on jet sweeps, on screens, and he plays his role. And if there's an injury, then he can step up, and then you have maybe more of a cushion. Whereas if you if you stick uh, Hardman as your number three receiver, you're you're really putting yourself in peril if anything happens to Garrett Wilson and. If there's a better option out there, I'm intrigued because Odell Beckham Jr. is not typically the guy, I, I, type of guy I want. I just think, given the other options out there, given where the Jets are, you know, he's a guy to keep an eye on, a guy who I think could conceivably make some degree of sense. I guess we're talking calculated gambles here, and it's a big gamble, but Jets are in a spot where they probably have to take a few gambles. Anyway, I'd love to hear what you think, but that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast source, please a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube, please a big thumbs up. These things help the podcast out and help other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. Have a great Wednesday, everybody, and send in your mailbag questions. Unless there's another breaking news story tomorrow, we'll, we'll, we actually will get to our weekly mailbag. Take care until then.